Hello, my lady. Would you like to have this dance? Yes, sir. Time out. Time out. Come on, Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Okay. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last puffy episode. Despite survive. Uh, yeah. Never mind. Let me get on track. Houston had a good run and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team. Wolves, y'all remember? Yeah. Quick question in sync. Who's your favorite remember? Oops, uh, I did it again. Hold up, wait. Best team on the court, probably Golden State. Yeah. Curry and them, yeah, they out this world. But ask Ray is top five. He's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> is the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, episode 113, as we continue the isolation series. Because what else do we gotta do, right? All we can do is just podcast and talk or whatever. Anyway, right now it is April 20th, 2020. <laughs> 420. And the podcast is recorded the same day with my guest. But as far as sports go, we finally got something last weekend. First off, the WNBA draft happened and it went better than I thought it would. At least the presentation did. But I kind of wish they didn't do lightning rounds after their first 16 picks or so. But it was still cool. I mean, the ladies had their families with them. They still dressed up for the occasion. And it was it was really cool to see the looks on their faces when they got drafted. Uh, obviously, we knew Sabrina Unesco was going number one to the New York Liberty. And the Dallas Wings took Satu Saboli, her teammate, at number two. Of course, the problem is that we're still stuck in this quarantine and there will probably be no major sports going on until the virus is contained, until a vaccine gets here. So, as of now, we continue to wait. But, Sunday night, ESPN and Netflix actually showed the first two parts of the 10-part series that looks at the Chicago Bulls dynasty. It's called The Last Dance. I mean, if you're a basketball fan, I'm sure you've heard of it. But... Yeah, it supposedly focuses on the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls, but it also really shows how they got to that point. So they'll jump around key points like when Michael Jordan was drafted, uh, Scottie Pippen was drafted, why is Jordan the way he is, why is Pippen the way he is, and why is general manager Jerry Krause so eager to break this team up. And for a lot of us that watch the Bulls Dynasty, which is like you people who are 30-something and older, we knew most of this, but it's a nice reminder of what uh, the dynasty was all about and what they all went through and for the younger generations I'm sure um, they'll get to educate themselves on why Jordan the Bulls were so revered and don't worry I'm sure when that generation gets to our age they'll get a LeBron documentary and that gen- and the younger generation will see why LeBron was so revered it's just basketball education at its best anyway so I discussed these and we jump around subjects with my guest, and you guys know Daniel Artest. He's become a podcaster himself after he was part of my crew of the old Chronicles of Karate podcast for the NolaPass.com. And yes, he is Metal World Peace's younger brother, so please stop asking me that question. Uh, we talked the draft, we talked the last dance, we talk representation, 
And we just talk about the fundamentals of life, man. We just shoot in the breeze, you know? I mean, we're old friends, so that's what we do. Uh, before we get to Daniel, just remember that you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Apple, Stitcher, Google, etc. And you can follow me on Twitter at the no Look Pass. Alright, here we go. But first, promote me, party people. Hey, it's Sarah Spain from ESPN, and you're listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. Sometimes I dream that he is me. You got to see that's how I dream to be. A dream I move. Because we had 50 minutes stuff, we had 50 minutes of recording done, and now <laughs> I have to start over because the mic, the mic wasn't being captured on my end. But anyway, my guest is he just started a podcast. He's gonna hate that I'm saying this again, but he's been a world piece of little brother. Uh, but he has a name, and his name is Daniel Artest, and I apologize, Mr. Artest, about this. Nah, we were. And, like, you know, one thing I realized about podcasting that mistakes happen. And then, like, you know, you can always just come back to it, erase it, and, and come back to it and keep it going. Like, listen, I'm excited about this, you know what I'm saying? As a new podcaster myself, like, this is just some, this is classroom work right here for me. So if I ever come across any type of situation where, you know, audio is messed up, look, think about it. We didn't get frustrated. I'm not, hey, we could do this later. You know what I'm saying? I said, hey, I got all day. I'm here for you. Like, you know, like, like you have been here for me. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's no problem, man. Yeah, and the thing is, we were getting into a good chat about underrepresentation. And the funny thing is, I was going to say about uh, underrepresentation is that um, I wasn't even thinking about that, like, as recently as, like, six, seven years ago. Because I'm just kind of like, so why do we have BET? You know, stuff like that. Why do we have, a you, you know, a Latino channel on our cable package or whatever, right? I never really thought of it yeah. like that. Because it's like, well, they're all people. That's how I thought about it. Like, they're all people. You know what I mean? So, but now I get it. Now I really get it. Talking to someone like you, talking to a lot of other African Americans, talking to a lot of Latinos, talking about talking to women in general about underrepresentation. And now I get it. And I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to shortchange anyone ever. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Earlier, you know, before the audio, when I was talking about how I feel like that uh, we need more black people, you know, black representation in social media, especially the NBA circles and stuff, because a lot of basketball stuff goes viral, but we don't get, you know, a lot of credit for it because it's uploaded to other other height, um, other sites and stuff. And then the site that we do have of uh, black sports online, they always, you know, talk about, you know, the other side of stuff like the slander side and stuff. So we don't have really like a good representation of, of you know, black basketball uh, creators, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I got into it other than like, you know, the the narrative of, you know, all these characters in sports media and stuff like that. So, you know, I think that we need more inclusion, especially Philippines too as well. You know what I'm saying? Like think about it. They the NBA go to your country and it goes crazy. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, support these these athletes shoes and stuff like that. I think there needs to be some more love in the Filipino um community as far as basketball yes we do need to lean in more and, and understand you know what i mean filipino culture and everything you know what i'm saying look i got a nephew you know jerron artest who's filipino you know what i'm saying and um 
you know, learning, like still trying to learn about his, his culture and stuff. But I just know one thing, Filipinos are big, big basketball fans. And if, if when an NBA player like LeBron or any one of those main guys go there, and them, that city be packed to the gills for these dudes. Like, I, th- I think that, yes, we need to have more. Uh, we need, also need to have more Filipino social media basketball people in, in this world, in, in this realm that we're doing. You want to yes. know, know what shocked me when I started using Twitter and I started getting more more my name out there? What's up? Um, so, I re- some people have a hard time believing that I'm Filipino, but I would reveal I was speaking Tagalog sometimes because I do speak the language. And okay. I, I lived in the Philippines for six years, right? And I was getting that information out for a little bit. Like, I don't do it very much, but I did it that one night, right? And then suddenly I got a lot of mentions on Twitter from Filipinos. It's like, thank you for thank you for representing us. And I'm like, what is going on here, <laughs> right? <laughs> I never really faced anything like that before. And that's when I started to understand more about underrepresentation because we don't have enough Filipinos or Asians representing the NBA. Um, one of my uh, publicized uh, works was um, okay. Radio stations were calling me because Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity happened, and they couldn't find an Asian NBA blogger slash writer, so they went to me. <laughs> wow! And I'm not even Taiwanese, right? I'm Filipino, yeah. but they're just like, how's the Asian community doing? And I'm like, well. I'm Filipino, but he's Taiwanese. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't exactly, we're not exactly alike, but yeah. we're just thrilled that we have someone from the Asian community representing us, you know, because I, then this is like another story altogether. I just don't like it when we're like interchangeable. Like a Filipino is not Korean. A Korean is not Chinese. A Chinese is not Japanese. We're not interchangeable. We're all different. So exactly. that kind of gets to me a little bit, you know, yeah. like I, I see Hollywood, Hollywood movies uh, or Netflix movies go like, oh, here's a story of a Korean girl. Why is the Vietnamese girl playing her? You know what I mean? So that stuff kind of bothers me, but but we're also underrepresented in general. But yeah, um, yeah. If there was a if there's a regret that I've had in my early years of doing this is that I didn't represent the Asian community enough, and I wish I did. I don't think I don't think that you should feel bad about it, like. You got a lot more time doing this. You can you can really start doing it now. Like you're doing it yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like I feel like I could I could have had more women on my show, even though I did reach out to a lot of females to talk. Yeah. yeah. Especially I was definitely reaching out to a lot of females during the WNBA when they changed up their whole stuff, for mm-hmm. giving them more money and stuff. I reached out to a bunch of ex WNBA players, but they was busy getting ready for the overseas and stuff like that. You know. So like I have a, a female uh, a female on my. A podcast that's coming on tomorrow. Her name is uh, Joy D'Angelo. She's like an NBA personality or whatever. She's um, you know, she's funny and stuff. And um, I was like, ah, let me interview her, see what she about, see what, see what she about and stuff like that. You know. But the crazy thing about it is like how like when I, I put up the picture first, but I had to take it down because like you know guys are like, oh my gosh, she's like so hot. And I'm like, Listen, I don't care about all that. I'm just trying to get the sports going on, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, I just wish that we need to stop sexualizing women too. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to this stuff, like you know, um, like it gets really, it gets really nasty on social media. I it don't does. like when people make fun of Ramona Shelbourne. Mm-hmm. It like bothers me a lot because I personally know her. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know, Ramona, she's awesome. She's an awesome woman. You know what I'm saying? Like even like when Lamar Odom went through a situation, I was there. She was there, and 
you know, she's pulled me to the side. We was talking, and the first thing she was asking me was, like, you know, how was he doing? She didn't try to, like, get any information out of me because I was actually up all the way up in the hospital. When they was blocking it off, I was able to get there thanks to uh, Kevin Frazier, of all people. You know, um, <laughs> he helped me sneak past security and stuff or whatever because nobody wasn't there. I was pretty much the first person on, like, one of the first early persons on the scene because um, I have a friend that worked in the same hospital that when mm. I went to college in Las Vegas mm-hmm. and um, you know, called me and told me I told Ron and Ron got me out, out there real fast and then um, you know um, Ramona she she was really nice you know yeah. what I mean like, about it, she was really nice she was actually really concerned and stuff so when I see like jokes made about her like it bo- it kind of bothers me yeah or whatever we need to stop we need to stop doing that we need to like you know appreciate and lean in and appreciate you know women a lot of these women are smart like Doris Burke you know Taylor Rooks Maria Taylor mm. you know um, I know I'm missing some names but like I, I respect them for what they do at their job, and then like when I'm on my doing my show or whatever, if I'm watching or if I'm watching them on TV, like I take bits and pieces from their game, um, from what they do, especially like the um, the um, uh, how do you say the name? The Sparks, the ladies, the uh, the Nigerian um, Agumike. Agumike. Yeah, I, I got it. Okay, cool. Sure, I, I ain't want to fumble their name. Okay, cool. But them too. Like I listen to them. Like all right, cool. Yeah, I like the way they. I like the way they do. I, I take bits and pieces from everybody, male or female, black, white. It don't even matter, you know. Yeah. Um, from you, I took pieces from you. I like to make my show fun. Like when we used to have the group and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when I do my unscripted, when I do my unscripted series or whatever on my podcast, when there's just six of us on the podcast, we just bugging out. Yeah. You know, that's what we used to do. And yeah, exactly. Have, yeah. You know, so I I think like. I indirectly do do inclusion, but I really want more interaction with other races on my on my on my show. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, that's been my goal for the last uh, when I when I um, resumed in 2018. I, I didn't do any podcasts last year, but I did I did in 2018, and I like I think the last 15 episodes I had were all women. Like I didn't have any men at all because um, uh, white men there's it's an oversaturation of white men in media in sports media right now in media in general. So. Yeah. Um. Like I try to get get um, my men uh, minorities and men, and I try to get oh, and I try to get mostly women on my podcast. Like I try to maybe I just want to kind of divvy up and uh have all sorts of representation. You know, this is why I had you. Uh, the other episode I had Sarah Spain. Uh, I had a woman named Jasmine Brown who covered the Mystics for a while. Um, okay. I, I just want like all races, all gender like, represent represented everywhere. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I like Sarah, by the way. What's up? I like Sarah Spain. She's oh, dope. She's great. Yeah. 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 I used to... I used to, I used to, I don't know why. I. This is before I changed my whole my whole mindset on sports and, like, how I'm going to support sports. I used to never like her opinion on sports. I was like, because it's not what I agree with or whatever. Yeah. You know? But then, like, after I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be, like, pro this and pro that. I'm going to support everybody. You know why they why why I can't. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So now I just changed up my whole my whole thought process on sports or whatever. And like you know, once I did that, it opened me up to be like, all right, you know what? So I was saying, actually, she's very knowledgeable on sports. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. I hate that when like she oh even even when I wasn't a fan of Sarah Spain, you know, um, she was still always knowledgeable. Yeah. Definitely. Like I don't like the narrative when people when somebody don't agree with somebody else's opinion. That means they they don't have they they're a hater or they they have lack of knowledge, which is not true. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like this is America. This is a free country, and we are allowed to think how we think. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? And um, so yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of her work. Like you know, I'm a big fan of any woman that makes it that far where she's at. You know how hard that is. It is. It's like 
I would love, I would love to like podcast, do a podcast with these women, and ask them. I will ask them the questions like, "Yo, have anybody like ever tried to come at you sideways, like on some other crazy advances type stuff, or like like was any problem? Like you know, like I always wanted to ask these questions like that, you know, because like they need. I'm, I'm, I know it's crazy because I know like in, like in in this in this realm, whatever of entertainment, you know, a lot of women get accosted like that, you know, on, on situations like, "Yo, like, hey." What you doing? Like you trying to go somewhere? What you doing? So what's up? Come with me over here. I can help you with your career. But you know you gotta. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it's, it's horrible. But I know that I know that's what's going on. And I know that when you get to a certain level, or whatever. Like I know there was definitely like some type of crazy freaking request. You know, and like that. I always wanted to. I always wanted to know like the 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 dangerous part of of you know getting up to this level. I mean getting up to the level they're at. See, here's the thing. Because we're men, although you are a, you are a black man, and it's hard for you guys already. Like I understand that, right? If you're not, if you're not yeah. if you're not a white man, it's dangerous. But it, I do think it's also dangerous for women because um, they're the sports is not their realm supposedly. And I ask every woman that I've had on my podcast, like, what do you what do you want to tell the young women that want to get into sports? And they all said thick skin. It sucks because they're mm. all getting, like, they're they're getting made fun of their knowledge. They're getting made fun of their looks, or if they're if they're you know conventionally attractive, they're gonna get um, proposals and stuff like that. It sucks, and they get it like like Sarah. Like I've talked to her plenty of times about this, and I'm just like, man, you're my hero because you put up with this like every minute on social media. Someone's some Twitter egg or some troll is gonna come at you for like something whether it's your knowledge or your looks or whatever. It sucks. I don't I'm not um downplaying what you what you guys go through because you guys have had it rough too. But it just sucks all around. I think I think that um Dave Chappelle made a good point with the with the female. Mm-hmm. Um he was saying he was he said he made a joke about it. Not about a female but it was about a dude, but then he described it with a female. He said that um just imagine if you got you walking around you know, you got $25,000 in your backpack, you know, and you're walking around, like, you're just walking around with it, trying to get home, but you're just walking and stuff, but you're nervous. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're afraid that somebody's going to, you know, take your backpack from you and stuff. And then Dave Chappelle was like, you know, that's basically how it feels to be a, a woman or, or to have a vagina or something like that, he said. It was, like, crazy how he said it. Mm-hmm. I can't say word for word, but it was, like, it was crazy because it was, it was, like, true. Because, um, you know, my girl, she was, like, no, that's exactly how I feel, like with like you know how, you know how men are when they when they be, you know really you know coming forward with their stuff or whatever, you know. Um, but I, I salute females, man, all the time. Like when when um they going far. Like think about it, we have a mutual friend, Amara. Like what she's doing. Yeah. Like like salute, much respect to her. Like yeah. what she's doing. Like she started with, you know, with the with the Grizzlies and then with the with the Blazers and what she's doing now with that. You know, like this yeah. is this is amazing. Yeah, that what what, what she's doing these days, um, you know, and like what you said about Sarah Spain, you know, Rachel Nichols. Even though the only issue I have with Rachel Nichols is that sometimes she brings too much narrative. That's the one issue I have with her. But like, still salute salute to her. You know, Lisa Salters. You know, like Maria Taylor. Like you know, um, Taylor Rooks and and, and everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, like salute to every female. That's that's at the top of their game right now, just making it happen. Like much respect. Mm-hmm. And the the what sucks is that, 
like nothing's changed they're still going through what they went through it's a little better i guess but like for the most part nothing's changed they're still getting the sandwich jokes or you know whatever it, it sucks and that that's why i want uh, i want to give them more of a platform because dude they're, they're like they're just like us man they're knowledgeable they love their sports you know what i mean so that goes for any type of entertainment too like not only, like like in anime we see that a lot of women were like they're they're getting made fun of because of whatever their knowledge in gaming or whatever like it's crazy to me how the women how women just get so you know they they just lower them men just lower them it sucks we need we need to do better man we just need to do better i don't, I don't think i don't think it's going to, i think it's going to get better but i don't think it's going to change like i just feel like it's going to be a, more people are going to lean in and be more mindful show more compassion towards females but it's still going to be that that crowd yeah there's always going to be that crowd like you or know, get in the kitchen and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't. I don't understand why people would say. That. I say that to dudes. Uh, get in the kitchen. Uh, that's my new. That's my new um basketball track. <laughs> okay. And I mean, I took it and I flip it. And I tell dudes get in the kitchen or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Make me make me a sandwich, jelly sandwich, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. But um, I, all this objectifying, sexually objectifying women being disrespectful to a woman is just, it's just, it's just gotta stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't treat your mother like that. You wouldn't want nobody to treat your sisters like that. You know, so why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, and you don't you don't want to treat human beings like that. Period. Like they're people, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how I got to basketball? My sister was shooting hoops. She was the one that got me into hoops. And I, I, I made my first basket at five years old on a ten foot court. Like, I was, you know, it was my sister, not even my brothers. How would, react, how would you react when you made your first basket? Oh my God, that's why I'm addicted, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. I even wrote a little, um, like, little short story about my first basket. Yeah. So, yes, it was on my mind one day, and I just wrote it down in my, my notes and stuff. Yeah. Man, basketball is an amazing sport, man. I love it so much. You know what? You know what's funny? I read. I'm not sure if it was ESPN or whatever, but there was like a column about like you know playing basketball is how it shows you it shows how you are as a person. Yes, I agree. Yeah, because it's like there's the type that would just want to score every single time. There's a type that wants to do the dirty work. There's a type that wants to pass the ball all the time, set the table, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that's that's true, but, like, I don't know, because when I look at my style of play, mm-hmm. there's two versions of me. There's this version that you know of me, you know, calm, cool, collective, humble, but then there's this competitive version of me. Oh, and that's the third one. That's the overboard competitive version. Like I hate to lose, man. Like, and it's not a happy sight when I lose. <laughs> like that, or or like it's crazy. So it's, it 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 does show. It, it does. It does. It shows your personality. I think. I think I have like multiple personalities. Sometimes I would say. You know. We all do. And the thing is about about not losing. It shows. It shows how much you care. You yeah, I mean? but I, I have to draw the line um, when I do care. About about not losing, but the way I react, I reacted when I was younger. Well, like it was over overboard. And then some, even in my thirties, I lost my cool in my thirties as well. You know, that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing basketball because I realized I can I'm not gonna be able to to calm down my frustration and anger and stuff when I comes to losing and stuff. So, would you believe it if I was the same way in twenty one, twenty two? Yeah, I would believe you. Yeah, dude, <laughs> no one wanted to be around me when I lost. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I mean. 
the sky is falling. I feel like it feels it feels bad. It you know? does. It does. Yeah, it sucks. Especially the game that you're supposed to win. I, oh, those are the worst ones. It's Jasmine Browning. You're listening to the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast. So this is a nice segue because talk about competitiveness. Uh, Michael Jordan and The Last Dance, was the first two episodes of the 1997-98 Bulls documentary called The Last Dance, which is not really not not, not just really the 97-98, but more like the entire Bulls dynasty. Mm. Um, Michael Jordan, who hated to lose, who's all about business the entire time in the league. So they showed two episodes. The first was about how Michael Jordan was built in the NBA, and the second was about uh, Scottie Pippen, uh, how he was underappreciated by the by the team, which also talked about Jordan's um, youth as well, and how he came to be. So, I want to know what stood out to you about that documentary so far. Oh, um, I got got a question. Mm-hmm. You think everybody that was in the, the cocaine traveling team um, in the living rooms last night, like, hey man, uh, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but the thing is, it's like, I know, like, the mid-80s was, like, it's, it was, like, a, a crack house, right? Like, yeah. like we we know the 86 draft had a lot of players that were that were um, banned for drugs, right? Like, I remember yeah. that. Len Bias, God bless his soul. Uh, cocaine as yeah. how he died, right? Um, I believe Roy Tarpin was in the same draft as well, but it's in the mid-80s anyway. And yeah. he had drug problems. William Bedford for the Pistons had drug problems. Chris Washburn, like mm. it was insane, right? Yeah, it definitely was. But uh, to to what I got out of it was like Scottie Pippen, man, so unappreciated. And I think that they should uh, they should still do more on him. Like there's some more that's missing. I hope they come back to this story. I know they're going to get into Isaiah Thomas and um, Dennis Rodman the next next time around or whatever as they build up towards his last season. I feel like 10 episodes is not going to be enough, too. <laughs> no. I feel like it should have been like 20 or something. I don't know. It should have been 10 weeks instead of five. Yeah. Know? Like, there's so much to talk about. And yeah. not just the Bulls, but like any other dynasty out there. But I guess because Jordan was the most pop, Jordan was part of the most popular dynasty in NBA history, probably. Um, yeah. Like there's there's so, there's just so many stories to be told. Uh, Scottie Pippen just had bad timing, man. <laughs> bad timing, because like the cap, the salary cap rose when he was in his contract, and he couldn't get out of it. There were no renegotiations. Crazy, max players rookie deals. <laughs> I know. I said in Michael and Scotty, you had two max players on rookie deals for like seven years. Yeah. Yeah, then I know Jordan started getting like those thirty million dollar deals like after, but like Pippen never got the big bag in Chicago. He got it after Chicago, but never yep. when he was in his prime. And the you know part of it was that um, they couldn't they couldn't give him the big money because they 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 were still saving cap money for Tony Kukoc as well, which yeah. that sucks too. That's why they hated Kukoc for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so. It, it's just, mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. Um, is that ninety-seven, ninety-eight Bulls team after everything they went through? After what Jerry Krause said to Phil Jackson and the team about this is a, this is it, and they still go out and win a championship. They still have the focus to win a championship. Didn't let none of that outside stuff get to them. You know, even with Scotty's situation, you know, with you know getting the surgery and you know Jordan saying he was selfish after all of that, they won a championship. 
Is that the best Bulls team? I get it, the 72-10 and 10 win team was, but with those, with underneath all that pressure, I was saying this yesterday that if any other team, any other championship team couldn't, wouldn't do it, they would be like, yo, whatever, like the, the Lakers championship teams, the LeBron, um, the Warriors. You know, they don't have that type of focus to go out and, and win a title underneath those type of circumstances. You know what I'm saying? The media hype or whatever. I think that Bulls team might be the greatest team of all time now. I, I will say um, the most impressive in terms of focus and heart. Okay. You know what I remember from that team also, from that 97-98 team? Uh-huh. They looked tired the entire season. They looked tired. Do you remember that? Yeah, but I think that was because Pippen was then Pippen stood out like forty six games, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm just saying that like, they looked tired, but they still won sixty two games. They still won the championship. They looked like they were in the last legs to the point where I thought if they ran it back the next year, they would lose. But <laughs> they were they they looked exhausted, whether it's mentally and physically, they looked done. But somehow they won. I think that's Man. really impressive. And that's why I love the game of basketball too, Ray. You can't master the sport, no yeah. matter how good you are. Like, think about it. No, like the Celtics only got lucky because they were just too good in an era when there wasn't that many too good players. All the players stacked on one team. Yeah. But like, when you think about it, you know, the first three people they couldn't they couldn't continue the championship winning because Jordan got mentally exhausted. You know what I'm saying? Um, the second three peat team because, you know. It was chemistry issues with team and management. You know what I'm saying? Now, if we move on to the Lakers, when they won their three-peat or whatever, they stopped because of chemistry issues with, you know, Kobe and Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Uh, LeBron, they couldn't never really get all, all the way there because of issues. Maybe it could be like, you know, no – well, I'm not going to say no clutch syndrome or whatever, whatever that crap is or whatever, but – um <laughs> Whatever it is that LeBron was dealing with, he he couldn't win the championship. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he he, could, he couldn't master it. It was always something. Yeah. You know. Um, the Golden State Warriors injuries. You know what I'm saying? Um, chemistry issues and injuries with the Golden State Warriors at the end. You know, you you, you just cannot you just can't master it, man. And that's why I love this game so much. That's why it would never be another team to just run through a decade like the Bulls did. You know. And I always felt like the Bulls they would have lost a, cha- a finals down the road anyway. I always thought that the 94 Rockets would have got them or if they never would have um, traded Shaq or whatever or let Shaq go, Orlando would have got them eventually. I think Orlando would have got them. That was the year, the 97-98 team. I thought Orlando would have got them. You know, that's what makes it more mythical. That's what makes it more impressive and, you know, um, more of a legend because Jordan in the Bulls never lost when he played a full season after 1990. Like, he Ooh. won every single full season he played in as a boy. That's crazy. Right? Because 94, he was out playing baseball. 95, he came back in March. It was not a full season. Nope. But in the 96 season, and he just came back, right? 96 season, all new teammates, only Pippen from the first three-peat, and they win 72. How is that not impressive? Yeah, that is. That is. <laughs> right? That is. Yeah. And, of course, they're expected to win in 97 because, you know, it's the same team. So, of course, they'll win again. But in 98, they were in their last legs. They were mentally tired, physically tired. Pippen was out half the year. They had the pressure of, like, oh, this is, their, this is your last year. That's it no matter what. Oh, and the media coming down on them. Imagine if Twitter was around in 97, 98. Oh, my God. 
See, that's the crazy thing about the 97, 98 team. All the stuff that's coming out, never heard of before. We always, we always skept was, um, always wondered was it Jordan's last year though. We always knew that because that was that was out there in the media at that time. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm like, I think I was um 97. I was born in 82, so I was 15 years old, 15, 16 years old during that season. You know what I mean? I was really just focused more on the basketball. I didn't get into that side of media or whatever like that. I was just literally whatever they, Bob Costas was saying on TV. I was listening. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just just like the rest of us. Like, did you did you know any of that stuff that was that was going on? I had an inkling because they kept talking about it. Like that's all they talked about. This is the last year. This is the last year. Like you. Didn't, but there was no confirmation that it was the last year. Right? Yeah. There's no confirmation, but they always talked about it. It was all around the media. I was already like 18, 19 at that point, so I had an, so I kind of had, had an idea what's going on. But that is all they talked about. This is the last year. This is the last year. Yeah. So we didn't want to believe it because it's Jordan. It's like they're a good team. Why would you want to break it up? Yeah. It's crazy, that... right? Why would you want to break up a championship team? Now we know. You're right, man. Now we know. Egos. Yeah. People Ego. get people get in their own way, man. Yeah. Like. People get... Let me say this right now because he's not here to defend himself and he's not because he passed away a few years ago. But Jerry Krause, he is a good team builder. He's good. He's very, very good. With that said, he should have kept the team. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, he's bad. You know, he he built um, the nice nucleus around Michael and Scotty as well. You know, he... You know, he hired Phil Jackson, you know, and he he's a definitely a great team builder. But like I said, he got in his own way. He wanted to what, break the team down and see if he could do it again. He, he, he that I mean, I get it. He's ambitious, you know, but like, hey, let let him let it go until they lose. And then you rebuild about how you however you want to rebuild. You know, I can't really get mad at him because he drafted my brother. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, yeah. You want to know what's funny, though? You want to know what's funny? Yeah. These wannabe GMs on Twitter? Oh, yeah. They would do the same thing. They would do what Krause would, what Krause would do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because we're, we're so caught up on, like, oh, let's get cap space. Let's get assets because they're too old already. Listen, let's lose the championship first, and then we'll talk about it. That's how I would run a team. Yeah. Let's lose the title first. Take it from us, and then I'll fix it. And you know what? You want to know what else is funny? Mm-hmm. When I met Jerry Krause, he's a really nice guy. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. He's just, he just has his own ways or whatever. You know, I just – I don't understand. I can see now he did something that another GM would have did if Jerry Krause got fired. That's what Jerry Krause did. You know what I'm saying? Wanted to have his own team. You already had your own team, so why break it up? You know? Yeah. I would just be like, hey, we're just going to run it. We're just going to run it until we lose, man. That's it. How much money you need, Mike? How much money you need, Scotty? Yeah. Dennis, you good? Like, what's going on? Let's let's make let's keep it going. That's how that's how it should be. What you want to do? What you want to do is I want to break it up. I would reload per se. Like, find me my. Let's go find your heir apparent. Like, let's go find a, your next superstar, right? Let's go find our new number one guy. That's what yeah. we, that's what we wanted to do. Like, I I forgot who it was. Like the Spurs, for instance, right? The Spurs, your favorite team, the Spurs. David Robinson, right? And sure, you can be a conspiracy theorist and say, oh, they tanked for the next year, whatever, whatever. But they got Tim Duncan, right? Yeah. So that's their next guy, and they won titles. And then 
down the line, they got Kawhi Leonard. He was supposed to be the heir apparent, right? That's what you yeah. do. You reload. You can keep your team. That's the Spurs did it perfectly until Kawhi wanted out. Honestly. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. So. And I don't know how. Um, fumbled that one. Yeah. Well, communication issues. That's how it always is. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to let people know what you want. And yeah. believe me, this happens everywhere. It could happen in the most quote-unquote professional of environments, but if there's no communication, things break down. This happens all the time. Relationships, employers, um, organizations. Like, this happens all the time, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, 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 that kind of hurt. That made me, like, really, like, in like not like the Spurs, man, because I was different. Mm-hmm. I was a dev. That was like, I mean, I still like the Spurs, you know what I mean, but. I've been more like just like an every NBA player now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the business. The business is, is just horrible. Yeah. The, the business is horrible. That shouldn't happen. They should have kept them. Yeah. That happening was not supposed to happen. Yeah. Like me, I like the Lakers, but after talking to like a few NBA players, like you know, they gave me time, and I really appreciated it. You know, like Matt yeah. Barnes gave me time, Jared Dudley gave me time, like like uh, Jason Terry. I've talked to a few, and it's like man. I want to root for everybody to do well. Why would you want people to fail? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, like, though I'm a Spurs fan, I'm just I'm just not big on their roster right now. I don't like what they got. I think they need to break it all down. Like, I would get rid of Aldridge and DeRozan. I'm just, like, cause especially for this era. And um, you need more shooters, man, you know? And I like Aldridge, but I think that they, he need to be on a contending team. That's why I would trade him. Just just to give them proper way out or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then with the Rose, I just, I just want, I just want more shooting, man. I, I just feel like we can't get, you know, better like that. Then we should just, you know, blow it up, get some draft picks, get some young guys in here, and just, and just restart, man. And um, yeah, that's just, that's just my opinion on it. I mean, they're, I think their offense is fine as archaic as it is. Their offense is fine. They just can't stop anybody. <laughs> they just can't stop anybody. Like they can shoot all the very shots you want, but if you can't stop anyone, then that's that's a problem. So, yeah. and that's what the Spurs' problem was. But, I mean, I think for the most part, like, we knew, like, the basics of what was going on with the Bulls in the 97-98 season. But now it's, like, it's a more in-depth look. And it also shows the new generation of why they were so revered. You know what I mean? Like, everyone everyone romanticizes the Bulls. Like, I wish it was this era all over again or whatever. Even though, yeah. we've, even though we've been a – NBA in the last five, six years has been really, really good. Honestly, it's been really, really good. But, you know, nostalgia nostalgia is powerful, man. Like, you always wish for the good old days. Yeah. I think about 20 years, maybe 20 years from now, when, Le- when, when LeBron documentary, like, they're going to feel the same way. They're going to they're gonna regret everything about LeBron, whatever bad they said about him. Look how you feel about Kobe Bryant right now, right? Like, there are so many that hated him in the past. And not yeah. just because he passed away, but once he retired, it's like there's a void in the game. Like, man, yeah. now we can't boo this guy anymore. And nope. you remember how good he was. It would have been dope to see Kobe, you know, uh, live tweeting about this documentary last night. Yeah. I know he's in it, apparently. I know he's in it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's how it is. Like, we're, we're just giving life lessons out here right now. Um... <laughs> Like, you never know what you got until it's gone. Exactly. Yeah. So. And that's a fact. Yeah. 
Life lessons from Ray Ray and Daniel Artest. <laughs> Com- communicate. Don't, yeah, exactly. Appreciate. Um, uh-huh. And be kind. Just be yep, kind. Be kind. Yeah. Love and inclusion too, man. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't listen to the messenger. Just listen to the message. That's yeah. All. Oh, that's a good one too. That is a good one. Yeah. It's Kristen Ledloaf, and I was once on the Ray Reyes Fundamental Podcast. Once. That was enough. Anything else about uh, basketball this week? WNBA draft went on. I at least I was pretty. I was executed pretty well until they started doing lightning rounds. <laughs> This is my issue with this, man. They need to... I, I get it. The WNBA, they say they don't make nobody that much money or whatever as far as revenue. They need to start forcing this, this, this stuff down our throats. Because I didn't even know they had the draft. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I don't even know these players that are getting drafted. I know the number one pick because of her numbers or whatever. Like the number two pick, which went to the same school as her. I didn't know. I didn't even know who she was, man. You know what I'm saying? It sucked. I don't know who she is. Sasha Sabali. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm now. I feel like, I f- you know what? I gotta get to more WNBA stuff because you know, I I have the, a platform, and I got to, like I said, I want to get some more women in here, mm-hmm. and it's only right that I have to have WNBA talks. Yeah, on my show, like definitely. You know more, so you're gonna have to school me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know that more. much more than you do, honestly, because I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of college basketball men or women. I watch, I watch March Madness for sure, but um, yeah, I. Like I've always been a casual watcher of the WNBA. Like I since Cynthia Cooper and the the Comets dynasty uh, back then. I was on the team on the practice squad. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, Indiana Fever when they won the championship. That yeah, year. to make a catch. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was I was always on the practice squad. So that's like my appreciation for women's basketball was seen it up close. And I was telling my friends, all right, now we're about to go in here. It's 11 a.m. But by the time 2 p.m. come, we walking out sweating. You will have a whole new appreciation for women's basketball, and it always work like that because Tamika Catches was kicking my friends' asses. You know, <laughs> I got stories for days on Tamika Catches now. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot wait to get her, and I got to get her on the show because we got to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> you <I'm>... know. <laughs> but um, like last thing, um, definitely need they need to like show more love to this woman, these athletes, man. You know what I'm saying? Show more love to these female athletes. Get them out there. Get them more in the spotlight. Get them more on TV and everything. Like, because how the hell, like, we're not knowing that, you know, about the WNBA draft. I can't even say her last name. Ascanu? Which one? Sabrina Inesco? Inesco. I always say Ascanu. Inesco. Sabrina Inesco. Best player in the country. You know, going to New York. Her, her shirts, her, her jersey sold out in an hour. Like, this, this should be a big deal because they was talking about her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't watch college basketball as well. I'm not a fan of the gameplay. Uh-huh. Men or female, I'm not a fan of it. I like the professional game better. Yeah. But they need they need to be, they got to be more out there, man. They need more, they need more visual. Yeah. You know, even if you go on ESPN, right, there's no real WNBA, like, link you can click on. You got to click on women's basketball, where it's college and WNBA together. Yeah. I and mean, the WNBA together. Got to fix that. Mm-hmm. You got to fix that. Yeah. I Okay, two two things. Uh, I yeah. believe this was last year. Um, WMA files were going on, right, on ESPN two. The yeah. problem was that they will they will not. They had college football on from like two unknown schools, like I never heard of, right? Mm. They wouldn't go to the WMA finals because they wanted to finish this college football game. It's like Division two or something like that. That 
no one's no one is barely watching it. Like it's just like a quarter of the field was filled. Not even like a full field, like like just a quarter of it. And I'm like, no one's watching this. The, the, the WNBA finals are on. Why can't you just go to the WNBA finals? Exactly. Yeah. I want to know if, like, if they go behind the scenes, you're trying to say that they're getting more TV time, like more viewers or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is or whatever. But we need to get more viewers, you know. And I think that, um, yo, so all right, I like the Liberty. I would say if I'm, if I'm a WNBA fan, I'm a Liberty fan, and a Fever fan. Yeah. Oh. But the Liberty they messed up last year by going all the way up to Westchester. So yeah. What the Liberty they were when they was at the Garden. It was still getting like you know in that twenty thousand seat arena. They was getting like really like eight nine thousand. Yeah, which is fine, but it's a bigger arena. Yeah. And the Westchester Westchester is is um three thousand seats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like you just and the thing is, it's fifty minutes away from New York City. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to get there. It's like in the middle of nowhere and stuff. And like you know, I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, yeah. I get it. You know, you're trying to sell a team or whatever and stuff, or save money. But like, Jesus Christ, y'all was still getting a lot of fan support. Just go to a local college with ten thousand seats. Yeah, and and, and do it there. You know yeah. what I mean? They got uh, they got colleges there in Manhattan, um, right near the garden. They got, uh, I think Hunter College got six thousand seats. I think um, Baruch College got six thousand seats. Manhattan College, yeah. I think it's like a thousand seat arena or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Saint. Well, Saint John's might be further out in Queens or whatever, but. It's it's still it's still um you know closer than Westchester, right? And and the game just felt it just felt like like it was just like not fun. It wasn't like the garden and stuff. But I think they're gonna be in the Barclays though. Yeah. Plus yeah. the garden, it it just show, the aesthetic basically. Like on TV, it looks great, right? Yeah. Westchester looks like a gym. It just looks like a gym. But Madison Square yeah. Garden, it looks big time. It looks way better on TV, and it makes you want to go. Oh, I want to be there. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. We gotta get more W. I gotta um do more my research, reading more WNBA articles and stuff, so I can um when it starts up, I want to do like you know shows like on WNBA. Let's yeah. talk about the game, uh, this player and that player. Cause I only know a select few. I should know way more than like four or five players, especially like if I play with the Indiana Fever and stuff. Like I should know more than than um than the players that I know. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't even know what team Atlanta Larkins is on. Which one? Who? Uh, see, uh, um, Erlena Larkins. She was on that championship team too. I think she still played. I don't think she retired yet. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't because, I, like you, I don't know much better than you do. Like I try to keep track, but like I don't know all the players yet. So yeah, exactly. you know. Adapt, her name is um Lacia Claridon. She was on that team too. I feel like my... I feel like she's still playing. <laughs> she's still playing. Yeah, she's still playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Karima Christmas. I you feel, know. Yeah, I've heard of her too. Yeah, um, I remember, I don't know if Tan White's still playing. I know Natasha Howard went to Minnesota. I didn't even know she left Indiana to go to Minnesota. She was like a number five draft pick. I and believe like, she's in Seattle now. She's in Seattle now. Okay. Yeah. Yo, she she um, Natasha Howard. I ain't gonna even lie. I love basketball and I can play. Mm-hmm. She 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 different, man. When when I first when I first went up against her. And I'm a big guy, so she's playing a four. So I know I'm stronger than her and stuff, but she know how to use her body and stuff. She used to do this stupid move I couldn't stop. <laughs> it was funny. I'm like, I'm like, yo, like, like what the hell? Yeah. Or whatever. I used to get her back on the offense, and I'm like, yo, listen, now, if you're going to give me buckets, I'm getting buckets right back on you, yo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, like, she was really good. I enjoy. I, I love working with her, man. Mm-hmm. 
I enjoyed playing um hooping with Natasha Howard, man. She was dope. <laughs> yeah. If you want you want to talk about toughness, um Alyssa Thomas from the Connecticut Sun. She has uh-huh. she has torn la- she played through the playoffs the season with torn labrums. Both of That's them. Great. Both of them. That's why she couldn't shoot free throws because she could barely lift her shoulders, but like she played through as either with torn labrums. How do you do that, man? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what team is um Stephanie Mavunga on? She was on the fever for a second, right? Yeah. Mm. I See, I know her brothers because they're from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. She's from Indianapolis. She go. She actually from Brownsburg, Indiana, basically the same high school as Gordon Hayward. Um, you know what I mean? I know. I know her brothers, um, Julian and um, oh, um, Jordash. Oh, they they're a basketball. That whole family is a basketball family and stuff. So I, I remember Stephanie when she was young coming to the gym hooping with the guys, and she was really good back then. I was like, yep, she's going to have a future. And then she went to like Ohio State or North Carolina, then Ohio State or whatever. But yeah. like she, she was she was nasty, so I'm happy for her or whatever. But I don't know what she what team she on now. Like the the trade wire, it ain't a big deal. They need to make it a big deal. Like I heard the Liberty has so many picks in the first fifteen picks. They did, like they did. <laughs> what that five picks in the first fifteen? Something like that, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I see what traded away. Um, um, old girl. Um, Tina Charles. Tina Charles. Tina Charles. Yeah, yeah. she she's from Queens, New York. Like yeah, that's the thing. Like the NBA, the WNBA needs to get to a point where hometown players are not needed. Yeah, that's um, what they need to get to. Yeah, the thing is, like they just got their collective bargaining done, which which will raise their salaries to, I believe, like the top players can get half a million now, I believe, or whatever, or three hundred thousand dollars, which is much better than like one hundred. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's, uh, that was. I still think that was too low. Still, you know, yeah, what I'm saying? Of course, I think that's of course. These are professional athletes, man. Like they should be getting. I don't know how much of the pie they got, but they should be getting a, a um a big piece of the pie. A I hear piece. I hear twenty percent, which is way too low. Yeah, that's crazy. So hold on, hold on. So twenty percent get you five hundred grand a year. I for the top players, yeah. That's crazy. That's too low. Still, yeah. Come on, yeah. they couldn't get the. They couldn't even get to forty. That's that's. Well, I don't know if they changed from twenty to. Well, I don't know if it's higher now, but the previous I know was twenty. So which is that's, which is way low. NBA ooh. players get fifty percent of the revenue. So that's what it should be. It should be. That's what they. You know. That's what it should be. It should be fifty fifty. It should be fifty fifty. Everything with the revenue. Yeah. With, with all leagues or whatever. You know. I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah. But I feel like the new rule changes though too as well, especially the in season tournament. Now I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this. Just NBA, hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one more thing. Okay, one more thing I wanted to say. Um, you know how yeah. you know how the WNBA draft was on ESPN, right? Initially, it was yeah. going to be on ESPN two. Like they didn't get yeah. that much respect. It's like it's on ESPN two. Before Sabrina Ionescu tweeted, "Why can't it be on ESPN?" Now it's on. E- then it became on ESPN, <laughs> but. That's the thing, the disrespect. It's like, why can't it be on ESPN? You need programming, right? Exactly. I don't get it sometimes. It's like, why would you put a col- some college football Division Two game on ESPN2 and put it over the WNBA Finals? Exactly. You know? You know, but just us as fans, man, we got to buy more. We got to buy more merch. We got to go to these games. We got to support them off-court stuff, all the stuff that, you know what I mean? The tickets, of course, that's going to the game, but we got to get that revenue. We got to buy these jerseys and stuff, too, as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only way. We all gotta. We talk about it, but we're not acting. I think it's both ways. Like the network's got to be better too. The network has to be better because why would you want to show like the spelling bee or darts or whatever is over WNBA finals? Like why? 
you know? Yeah. They have so much programming, programming time, and you're filling it with, like, like axe-throwing contests. And, like, dude, come on, man. Exactly. You can't throw WNBA or ESPN 8, the ultra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was serious about the axe-throwing contest. They actually showed axe-throwing contests in ESPN. It's crazy. And, yes. and and frisbee golf and I don't know. These used to show Scrabble in the nineties too. I remember that. <laughs> That's crazy. It is right. Yeah. So wow, we covered a lot, but pretty soon, um, pretty. We hope to get back to normalcy sooner. But honestly, let's be let's be real here. It's not gonna it's not gonna be any better for the next few months or whatever. So. Please stay, stay inside. Please stay home unless you have to get groceries. You know, and, yeah. and thanks and thanks to all the ones who are on the front lines working. I have a, I have a friend who's a nurse working hard every night, and I have a couple of friends who are who are um, uh, working the grocery stores five days a week, which is crazy right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Please stay in and don't be an idiot about this. Don't do do don't do any rallies because you're passing the virus. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I lost an aunt to this. And, um, I lost a childhood friend to this. Mm-hmm. And I have some childhood friends who lost their parents. One, my, my, one of my homegirls, she lost her mother. One of my homeboys lost his mom. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just crazy. People in New York not listening. You know, they think that just because their family members, they live in, they live in different houses, but their family, that they can still go over there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm like, no, sometimes you got you to gotta isolate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Me, I stay in the house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hated going outside today. I wanted to, because I want to be safe as, as as safe as possible. And, you know, Pops calls me and says, hey, you got to do this. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to go outside, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I have to go grocery shopping for him. So, like, yeah. Like, I try to avoid outside as much as possible. And I find it funny that the people that are rallying the past few days... Like they're just like, oh, we wanna we wanna work again. We don't believe in this virus, but they're wearing masks. So what does that tell you? Yeah, I'm a, I, I just I just I just you know try to do my part to stay safe and yeah. keep my family safe and and that's just that's the best thing I can do. Yeah, you can think whatever you want to politicians, but please listen to the scientists instead, because they know what's going on. They know all the information, not the politicians. Exactly. The scientists do. <laughs> like, would you want to listen to a politician talk about the NBA? No, you want to talk about the NBA with people who know basketball. Exactly, and that's how, that's how you close them up, right? Yeah. All right, go ahead and uh, publicize your podcast, your social media, whatever. Go ahead. All right, thank you, man. So, Daniel Artest here. I have a podcast called the Daniel Artest Podcast. Yes, I am sir. on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm on Spotify and iHeartRadio as well. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Artest Pod. That's Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Artest Pod. I'm also at LinkedIn, Daniel Artest. I got a Facebook group. We got uh, 2,400 members in the Facebook group. And that is, you can search it, the Daniel Artest Podcast. And with that being said, I want to thank you, Ray, for having me on the show. Yes, sir. glad that we are able to, you know, connect, go back and forth again like we used to do back in the day. Uh-huh. Love is love, man. Yes, sir. That is Daniel Artest. He likes Sailor Moon. Me? I like Sailor Mars. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, I can't hear myself. <laughs> oh, 
that happens to somebody too. I can't hear myself. I can hear you, but I can't hear myself. That's weird. Now my okay. Now my mic's working. Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. Hashtag blame Ray Ray.